Can you imagine what it is to to uh, have people that like to demonstrate emotion and then to uh, try to meet their needs in a service? At the same time, you've got people that really like to be quiet and to try to meet their needs. They might even be sitting next to one another, and yet you have to meet the needs of both. I appreciate a church where the Holy Spirit <clears throat> is manifest and where God can minister to us at the point of our need. And through the same event or through the same happening, God speaks to all of us. And I appreciate that. I appreciate all those who have had a part in tonight's service. What we'll be talking about tonight in the book of Proverbs is on the topic of joy. So I hope you have your Bibles. Because if you do, I want us to be looking together at some passages on how do we find joy in this life. Proverbs has a lot to say about that. And Proverbs tells us that if we're going to find the secrets of life, especially in the book of Proverbs, that we need to search through and we need to find them almost like you search for gold and silver. So that's what we're going to be doing tonight. We're going to be sifting through the book of Proverbs and taking a look at some of the ways that the Bible says to find joy. Some of them you'd say, well, I knew that. And in, and in others, it might be a little surprising because uh, it's not. some of them are not the way that we normally think. First thing I'd like to mention is uh, good words is one of the elements that tells us how to find joy. What do I mean by good words? Turn with me to the 12th chapter in verse 25. And I'll give you just a few moments to find these references. But good words is one thing. Anxiety in the heart of a man weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. In other words, if you just want to be happy in life, then you're going to have to fill your mouth with good words. That's just one of the secrets of finding joy and of being joyful. What's that first part of that verse say? Anxiety in the heart weighs it down. You notice as we go through this, this working in Proverbs on joy that you'll find out that the heart and, and other places are mentioned because that's where the root of joy really is. So if you have anxiety... The answer to that anxiety would be a good word. So if you're anxious about something, one of the secrets of joy is begin to say something good. And you'll find out anxiety has a way of relieving itself. Proverbs 15.30. Now this one's not uh, in any way connected with our 3D, 3D program. But it says, bright eyes gladden the heart, but good news puts fat on the bones. Now, that's an interesting choice of words. Fat on the bones. Let me just comment on what bones are, and then we'll get a feeling of this first, and then we can talk about it a little bit. Bones, if there's just one Hebrew letter difference between the word bone and the word strength, they're the same root, and so the bones are really the strength of the body, and a lot of times in Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, when it talks about the strength, it uses a, a, as a description the bones. So gives you strength would be one translation of that verse. And also, if you looked at us, how we're made physically, the bone is not only gives us physical strength, but that's where our blood is made. It's a very, very healthy, in the marrow of your bone. And so when, when you're talking about putting fat on the bones or strengthening the bones or beefing them up, you're talking about good things that are being produced in our lives. So Proverbs 15.30, bright eyes gladden the heart, but good news puts fat on the bones. So if you want to be strong, if you want to have a joyful heart, 
then look at those things which would be good news. Our class motto as we graduated from high school was this. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Why? It brings you joy. Good words is one of the secrets of joy. Proverbs 16, 20 and 24. We'll just walk right through these. He who gives attention to the word shall find good. And blessed or happy, that word means the same, is he who trusts in the Lord. Now, if you've got the King James, uh, there's a little different translation to that. Probably if you've got the New American Standard, the New the NIV or the RSV, it's probably a little closer to the, to the meaning of verse 20 because it actually means he who gives attention to the word of God shall find good. And happy is he who trusts in the Lord. So good words and joy are connected in with the word of God. If you wonder sometimes what good words are, if you have that anxiety in your heart, according to scripture, some of the things we're digging out now says the word of God is one of the best places you can go to to find joy. How many of you have ever discovered that? When times are anxious, when things really come crashing around, around you, you go to the word and you find something. That's scriptural. Proverbs tells us that that's one of the secrets of turning anxiety into joy. And the verse 24, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul. And here's those bones again, healing to the bones. Pleasant words are a honeycomb. I looked up that in the Hebrew, and a honeycomb actually means the drippings of honey. It's talking about sweetness. Good words, pleasant words are sweetness, <clears throat> and it brings healing to the bones. Also, good words do something else in Proverbs 25, 25. Like cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a distant land. I remember when I was in the Air Force and halfway around the world in Thailand, I looked forward to that mail every day. Why? It just seemed to make my day. Why did it make my day? It's scriptural. Good news from a distant land brings joy. It doesn't mean that you have to be halfway around the world. But it also shows you that when you begin to get a good report from other people, it does something good to you. And that also ought to tell us how we can bring joy to someone else is by giving them good words, a good report from others. What couples with this also in finding joy is good counsel. And if we look back at Proverbs 15, we'll begin to pick up on counsel and how that works. In verse 20 of chapter 15, a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Good counsel. Teenagers might find this verse very hard to believe. A wise son makes his father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. In Proverbs, if someone is going to not have joy, they're described as foolish. So what this verse is saying, if I were to paraphrase it, teens, is this. If you want to be happy, <clears throat> listen to your mother. Now, um, I don't know if your home was like my home. I had a lot harder time listening to my mother than I did my father. But the scripture says, if I wanted to be happy, then I needed to listen to my mother. 
And I don't know why that happens to be in there. You know, it'd be a lot easier if it were not. But I also reflect back on my teenage years, and I, that was really true. When, when everything was going fine and I was happiest, I was at peace with my mother. Have you found that to be true? But that is one of the things that Proverbs tells us in chapter 15, verse 20, a wise son, or you could put daughter in there too, makes their father glad, and a foolish child despises their mother. So you can make your father glad, and you can also make your mother glad, and uh, or you can do the opposite and make yourself unhappy and despise your parents. In verse 22, without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors they succeed. So not only do parents become your counselors, but with many counselors. Now we could probably say that this might be an age gap here once for the greatest counselors for teenagers are their parents. The greatest counselors for us are other people who are going to give us wise counsel. And let's look at 23 because those two verses really go together. Proverbs 22 and 23. Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors they succeed. A man has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. What this is telling us about counsel is if we go to the right place and talk to the right people, we're going to mention that in just a minute, if we talk to the right place to the right people, and they begin to agree, and that is according to the word of God, that we will find success and happiness in our lives. And in Proverbs 27, 9, there's one more verse on godly counsel and how it brings joy. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, so a man's counsel is sweet to his friend. So not only do we get happy when others give us advice, but others give happy when we as their friends give them good, sound, godly advice. So happiness. Happiness comes about and joy comes about by words. Words, good words, God, God's word, good God's word from other people, words from our parents, Christian counselors, all of those are secrets of joy. In other words, if you want, if you don't want to be happy, Go through life all by yourself. Don't pay attention to God's word. Don't listen to your parents. Don't sound, surround yourself with godly people, and it'll work. You won't be happy. But one of the secrets, according to the scripture, is good words. The second thing, and this one was interesting to me. I never really thought of it in this perspective before. But another way to fill your life with joy is to surround yourself or to be involved under good leadership. Not only good words, but good leadership. Let's look at Proverbs 28:12. When the righteous triumph, there's great glory. But when wicked men rise, men hide themselves. If you wanted to get beneath the surface of that verse, it's really saying this. If there was a skirmish and righteous people triumphed, then everybody rejoices. Everybody's happy. Everybody has joy. But if wicked men begin to rise, you'll find out that the good men hide themselves. Really, good leadership brings out the best in you. And also, it makes you happy. So, this will work like, for example, on your job. One of the, if you are not filled with joy on your job, look at this. Is that true? Is there a good leadership? If not, 
then maybe that's one of the reasons why there's not joy. And that'll give you something to pray for immediately. But joy comes through the leadership that we have in our lives. Proverbs 29.2 When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, people groan. <clears throat> righteous leadership is the next thing that's mentioned in 29.2. You know, if you wanted your church to be a happy church, you would look for righteous leadership. Now, sometimes we would go about it in different ways, but according to Proverbs, the way to have a joyful church is to strive for righteous leadership. We find that when the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Also, this works in your home. The husband is one of the keys to a happy home if he's going to give good, godly leadership. He has to be a righteous man to have a happy home. It's one of the principles. So you can apply this godly leadership principle to any area you'd like to, but you'll find if you have a place where there's good, solid, righteous leadership, that makes you happy because the scripture says that's one of the ingredients of joy. The third area of joy that we'd like to talk about, this one is an easy one to talk about, is a good family. A good family. And we're going to go to the 23rd chapter for our first reference. And it talks about the children. It talks about the parents. And what goes into a good family? Why did I use the word good? And how does, that, how does a family like this make us happy? Proverbs 23:15. My son, if your heart is wise, my own heart also will be glad. This is talking about a happy father. This is talking about happy parents if they have a wise son or wise children, children making good decisions, children that are making wise decisions, bring joy to the heart of a parent. 16, and my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. So if the child is truthful, if the child can be trusted and says trustworthy things, that also brings joy to the hearts of a parent. Another verse on children out of the same chapter is verse 24. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise son will be glad in him. So also righteous children, not only wise and truthful, but righteous children produce joy in the hearts of parents. Verse 25. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her rejoice who gave birth to you. Now the tables are turned. The teens can be happy if they listen to their mother. And if they listen to their mother, they make their mother happy. It's just kind of a little cycle that the scripture says works. If you want to make your mother happy, be wise, truthful, and righteous, and listen to her, and you'll find out that she will rejoice. And all the way through, we find in these references the fathers rejoicing. What we're drawing a picture of is a happy home. One that's filled with joy. Proverbs 27, 11. Be wise, my son, and make my heart glad that I may reply to him who reproaches me. The father is able to give an answer and to make good, solid defense. And he is, the child is fully supported by his parents if they're a wise child. If you want your parents to back you 100% and always be willing to, to, uh, be on your side, 
I say that in the proper sense. I think of times when I was growing up, my dad wasn't on my side. One of the ingredients of a happy home is that my dad always gave me defense, though, when I needed defense. He didn't give me defense when I thought I was right and smarter than the other person. I was telling Bill Morris the other day that I w- dad wasn't a Christian when I was growing up, but one of the principles that he worked with us was this. I was in 4-H, and I remember the one 4-H meeting, I just said, I'm not going tonight. And Dad said, uh, you're not. I said, no. He said, well, why not? I said, I don't feel like going. Well, it's that's the kind of support that verse is talking about. Now, the other side of the coin is mentioned in Proverbs 17, and here's where I've had a lot of experience in talking and counseling with other people. He who begets a fool does so to his sorrow, and the father of the fool has no joy. What is the quickest thing to take joy out of a home? Children that are unwise or untruthful or not righteous. Those are things that take the joy from parents. That's scriptural. That's what the, that's what the verse says. There's no joy. It doesn't, when it's talking about a foolish child, it's not talking about someone that's the short on intellectual knowledge. It's talking about someone who is foolish in terms of correct behavior and wise judgments and, and being truthful and being honest. And when those qualities are not in children, you'll find the heart of the parent is not filled with joy. That's what the Bible says. Proverbs 5.18. Proverbs 5.18 talks about a wife and how a wife can fill our heart with joy for those of us who are husbands. 18. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. This verse, uh, Tony Campolo, in, in talking about this verse, said the word rejoice doesn't mean get together and, and tell jokes. The word rejoice, as this Hebrew is giving us direction here in the Hebrew language, the word rejoice comes from the very, the fountain is the fountain of joy that he's talking about. Let the fountain of joy be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. And then it goes on in verse 19 to say some, some other things. It talks about really in the Hebrew being intoxicated with her love. And those are the thoughts that come in making for joy. In other words, if a man is going to have joy, then he's got to rejoice. And that joy is coming through his relationship with his wife. And that, that's directly pointed out in the book of Proverbs. And also in the 31st chapter, we could spend a lot of time there, but in verse 25, it just talks about a virtuous woman and the happiness is that she's able to smile at the future. Have you found that... Again, I could go back to the example Tony Campolo used about when he was going on a business trip and he had an opportunity to go to the Holy Land. And he told his wife they were going and she had three questions. And they were all regarding the future. What are we going to do with the children? What are we going to do with the house? And what are we going to do with the car? All of these questions are regarding the future. And her anxiety was all going around the future. He had all the answers to those questions. He said, now I've learned to do this with my wife. He said, I have an introductory statement to make. 
And then some qualifications. Introductory statement is, we're going to the Holy Land. Qualifications are, we're going to get a babysitter for the kids, we're going to put the car in the garage, and we're going to keep the house right where it is. Because he said his wife is concerned. If she has any anxiety, it's about the future. A virtuous woman smiles at the future. There's joy. That anxiety that we talked about earlier is relieved in a happy home. A good family is one of the ways where you're able to find joy. The other one is a good spirit. A good spirit. Proverbs 15 and verse 13. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face, but when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. So a good spirit causes a heart to be joyful. In verse 15, all the days the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. Talks about the continual feast that happens when we have a good spirit. In verse 30, bright eyes gladden the heart. Good news puts fat on the bones. There that one is again. But it talks about the bright eyes, the cheerful face, that which we do that causes us to have joy. It's just I, I just labeled it a good spirit. The interesting thing to me is when we look at these verses, it implies that that's our choice to have a good spirit or not. That we either choose to have a good spirit or a bad spirit. It just says, a, you know, a, br a bright eyes gladden the face. It's our, it's our choice to have a good spirit. If we choose to have a good spirit, that's all part of being filling our lives with joy. Now, what's the, what's the concern that I had there in Proverbs 14? Well, it was simply this, that that good spirit must be genuine and it must be personal because Proverbs tells us this in verse 10, the heart knows its own bitterness and a stranger does not share its joy. In other words, somebody else can't transfer their joy to you. Your heart knows its own bitterness and you're not going to fool it. The heart, the genuineness, this good spirit attitude has to be genuine if it's going to fill your heart with joy. Verse 13, even in laughter, the heart may be in pain, and the end of joy may be grief. So it also says that you can even laugh and pretend. You can even laugh and have pain in your heart. But the end of that joy is still grief. You're not going to be superficial and have the kind of joy that we're talking about tonight. And in verse 21, he who despises his neighbor sins, but happy is he who is gracious to the poor. Pastor talked about giving this morning. That's a good verse. Proverbs 14:21. If you want to have your life filled with joy, be gracious to the poor. That's exactly what his message was this morning. That's one of the keys to joy. And the fifth thing that leads to joy. This one is probably the most surprising. It's the one that we fight the hardest probably to achieve joy. We all want joy, but we fight probably the way to get it, and that's obedience. Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Let me couple with that verse 19. Desire realized is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. The reason why I put these two verses together is 19 is really the key to understanding them. Because in 19 it says, 
It is an abomination to fools to, disp- to depart from evil. See the context and how it's using the word fool? Those who want to just stay with evil are, are considered fools. Those who want to do good, those who want to do right, are the ones that are going to fill themselves with joy. In other words, those that are willing to obey are those that will be filled with joy. And Proverbs 29:18 is another verse. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Keeping the law of God is one of the promises of finding true joy. And then if we were to go into the New Testament, we would find that in the 15th chapter of John, in verses 10 and 11, that Jesus himself has something to say about joy. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. What were these things? These things have I spoken unto you refers to verse 10, which simply says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Keeping the commandments, obedience to Christ, is a key to joy. What it all boils down to is this, that God desires joy for his people. Whether we're talking about a good family, whether we're talking about a good spirit, or obedience, or good words, or good leadership, all those are five things that would be really key in our lives to fill our lives with joy. But the reason why God wants us to fill our lives with joy is found in John 17, 13. Not only did Jesus say that we could have joy if we kept his commandments, but he went on in the 17th chapter, which is really his high priestly prayer for all of us. He's not praying just for those, but for all those who would believe according to their word. And he's praying in the 13th verse for our joy. And let's look at that together. But now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy made full in themselves. His prayer was that his joy would be ours. Do you think Jesus was happy? Do you think Jesus' heart was filled with joy? That's what he prayed for us. And in John 16, 24, the verse preceding, he's talking to his disciples, and he said, up to this time, you haven't asked anything in my name. I've got a promise for you. Ask, and you shall receive. Why? That your joy may be full. I guess all that we've said tonight, the things that come out of Proverbs talk about some specific ways that we might have joy. But I guess the real key to having joy, and we omitted all these verses, there's much that Proverbs has to say about this. We omitted all the verses that talk about joy coming directly from wisdom and understanding. Remember the first series we had out of Proverbs that found that wisdom and understanding comes in a proper relationship from God. And isn't that what Jesus is talking about here? He's praying that his joy would be in us. And the only way that we can have his joy and continually have that is if we ask. He really wants that for our lives. We said in that administrative staff meeting the other day that the reason why most people come to Christ today is that they feel like life is going nowhere. That they really, there's no purpose to it. They feel unloved. They feel unwanted. Just the opposite of joy. God wants us to have joy. 
There's no way that we can produce joy within ourselves except we come to God in obedience, which is one of the ways that we find joy. And then through that obedience, all of those relationships that we begin to talk about begin to come into focus. The key is of wisdom and understanding take their roots right back to joy or vice versa. If we want to have joy, we're going to make wise choices. The wisest choice you can ever make is to ask Christ to come into your life. And that pray. Hitherto you haven't asked anything in my name. Ask. And you shall receive that your joy may be full.